but I'm not going to tell her I apologize for doing this, but I was doing it because yada, 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 because I felt like you weren't doing da, 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 and you should just be thankful that I love your son, <laughs> and you should just be thankful that he has someone who cares about him. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Happy, happy joy, joy, happy, happy joy. Welcome to episode 184 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. <laughs> Glad you are feeling spry. Spry I am. And why are you so spry? I don't know. <laughs> Even better. Let's not question it. <laughs> Let's not. Okay. So before I forget, I need y'all to send me your favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> Send them to us, folks. Yeah, because she's going to sing them. No, I'm not going to sing them. <laughs> but I just want to know what everybody's favorite song is. So you can send those to Lori at nachokids.com. And that is L-O-R-I at <laughs> N-A-C-H-O-K-I-D-S dot C-O-M. So y'all didn't see it, but when she said at, she circles her head around as if she's doing the little circle around the A for at. <laughs> What's that symbol called? At symbol. Is it the at symbol? That's what I call it. I don't think it's the at symbol. Are you sure? According to theguardian.com, the official name is the at sign. Oh, okay. So it's the at sign. Yep. So it's Lori at the at sign. (laughs) Or at simple. (laughs) All right. A few more weeks till Christmas, folks. I know. I'm excited. This is the first year that David bought stuff and said, give this to me for Christmas. Oh, it is, ain't it? It is, because usually I don't want nothing. And... Of course, I always get you a little something, but it's, I don't want nothing. I'm good, blah, blah, blah. And the ironic thing about this is David's building a garage. And when he decided to get this garage built, he told me that that's his birthday, Christmas, anniversary, <laughs> and all other gifts for a long time. Why and, are you calling me out on the podcast And about then this? he <laughs> says, oh, I ordered me this, and I ordered me this, and I ordered me this, and I ordered me this. Or you to wrap up and give to me for Christmas. You didn't remind me that I said that. You're getting out of control, David Sims. You're getting out of control. So you wait until we're recording the podcast to bring this up. Is there any better time? (laughs) Apparently not. Of course not. Uh, I mean, I'm just taking a cue from you. Yeah. But yeah, I did. I did say that, and and I and I did buy stuff instead, or. Not instead, but in addition to. Uh-huh. So, all right, I won't do it again next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> i tell you what, don't give me anything for Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> I can do that because I usually forget anyway. <laughs> um, but I got a lot more stuff I got to buy for the garage anyway, so. Oh, my goodness. Well, I've got to wire the thing and buy outlets blah, and blah, 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 blah. and switches and all these other things. Okay. 
Nobody cares about that. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. <laughs> but what they do care about is how to stop struggling in the blend. Well, I got an answer to that. Join the Nacho Kids Academy. That's right. Just stop. Just stop doing it. There's over 25 video courses, a private community that we don't even know who you are, a private journaling feature that we don't even see what you type. I wonder if people would put stuff in there sometimes just to see if we can yeah. see it. Three month-long challenges, Nacho Kids Boot Camp, Changes Thinking Thinking, and a self-care, and oh, the Q&A calls with me and David. Yeah, yo. That's where the true happiness and joy is. Yep. Sure enough. I kid. It's all good, folks. It's all good. And during the month of December, only during the month of December, we have a Christmas discount for you folks. What? Yes, sirree. We do. And shoot far. Just go to nachokidsacademy.com. Click join today. Choose the monthly option. Enter coupon code Nacho Christmas <laughs> 2022. That's all lowercase? Yes. I don't know that it matters. It doesn't but, matter. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It can be lowercase, capital, whatever. But it's Nacho Christmas 2022. To get, drum roll please, 25% off your first month. Huh. There you go. There you go, folks. Now, the the first month would be, it starts when you sign up. Right. So it's not like you buy it now and it starts in January. Right. It is instantaneous. There you go. Well, you have... Very little excuse. You got 25% less excuse now to get in there. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, look, tell your husband, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Tell them this is what you want for Christmas. Mm -hmm. We even provide gift certificates. Hmm, I didn't know that. We do. (laughs) Now, if you purchase a gift certificate, For the discount, it has to be used before the end of the year. Okay? Cool. All right, then. So go to nachokidsacademy.com. Get started. Get started, people. Change your life today. Don't wait till New Year's, folks. Yeah. Unless you just love the, you know, status that you're currently in. You just love how things are going. Well, some people are. Speaking of, the other day, Branson... One of your youngins. Mm-hmm. He's here visiting from Germany, um, where he's currently stationed. And he made a comment about stuff. And I said something about being satisfied. And he said, I think you would change your opinion if you looked up the definition of satisfied. Okay. And we were talking about life in general. And I looked it up. And it's what I thought it was. Nothing surprising there. And I am satisfied. It doesn't mean that I don't strive to be better or do better, but I'm happy where I'm at. Would you be happy where you're at if you were at a lesser place? 
What do you mean? Like if you, okay, let's, let's go back to when we were struggling and having lots of issues. I wasn't happy then. Oh, right. Then. No. But I am happy that we went through that because it made us stronger. It made our family stronger. It made our kids stronger. And it gave us the opportunity to help other people. Right. So you were not satisfied with our relationship then, but you are satisfied with it now. Not just our relationship, but life in general. Oh, good. So I can stop trying so hard. If I died right this second, <laughs> folks, I would be happy. You'd be happy? Mm-hmm. You'd be happy that you died or you die happy? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> come down and kick you. <laughs> no, I've I've got. I've told you before. I I do not have time to go to a funeral. You do not have <laughs> my permission to die right okay, now. Okay. <laughs> but no, I've got a husband that loves me, and he tells me all the time. He supports me. Yes, David, you might want to play this back after I do die. I've got a healthy son. And and we have good blended relationships. Yep. And I'm happy with the job that I have, which is helping those in step families that are struggling or those going into step families that don't want to struggle. Yeah. Gosh, man, I wish we would have had Nacho Kids Academy, you know, when we were struggling. I wish somebody else would have had something like that that we could have got a hold of. Yeah. Because we looked everywhere. I read every book. I read every blog. I read every. I read everything. Yeah. But yeah. In the beginning, if before we got married, if somebody would have said, "Oh, you need to check out this nacho thing," I would have read it and been like, "That's a hog mess." <laughs> and yes, I said hog mess, y'all. You did say. Hog I mess. said hog mess. <laughs> I don't know what I was going with that. Maybe maybe hog slop and. Hot mess. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Welcome to David's world, where it is. Translate what Lori is saying. It's fun, folks. Just think, and I get to share this with y'all. And the older I get, and the more we do this podcast, the better it's going to get. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Boy. So, our guest today is stepmom Clarissa. Clarissa admits that she was a high-conflict stepmom. Uh-oh. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And I've admitted before that I could have been viewed as a high-conflict bio-mom because my baby was really a baby when he was going to his dad's. And so I would make sure I sent a note card with the last time he ate and any medicine and instructions for medicine you know, just to make sure everything was taken care of. Kind of like I would if I was taking him to daycare. I don't I don't think that's high conflict. Oh, that, but you're not the opposing party. <laughs> yeah, but regardless of how he views it, I don't think that's high conflict. Oh. High thank conflict, you. I mean, is literally when you're creating conflict. You're sending him a reminder thing is not, you know, screaming at each other in the parking lot or doing all kind of other mess. Yeah, but a lot of stepmoms will say Bio mom sent these instructions to take this medicine like we're stupid. Well, I, I mean, I can understand why you might feel that way, but I, I don't call that high conflict. Okay, I just good. call so that I, being a caring mom. You can still not like it, 
And you can still think, oh, she's doing it because I'm stupid. I mean, I would appreciate it just because I want to make sure that whatever she was doing that I'm following along, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm using the same medicines at the same time intervals and all that. Yeah, you don't want to overdose your kid just because somebody's stubborn. Right. So I wouldn't, I mean, I would just look at that as being a responsible parent. I mean, I can understand why you might think, oh, they think I'm stupid, but I, I still don't consider that a high conflict. If she were calling me and, you know, being very combative with me over it for some reason, then yeah, that would be high conflict. But that's just, you know, I don't know that you can find a, here's a definition of high conflict and how it fits into every situation. That's true. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that that exists. So, you know, your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. Okay. <laughs> Clarissa has been married for eight years, has a 12-year-old stepson, and two hours kids. She is the primary caregiver to stepson after nachoing in a high-conflict situation. Hmm. I ain't telling you the details, folks. You got to listen. Cool. I'm interested. The hardest part of her blending, learning what her stepmom role should be. Mm-hmm. Yep. You All know, right. I, I even had the problem, like, right after my divorce, you're trying to figure out kind of a new role. So, Like a half-daddy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, how am I supposed to deal with this time that, you know, they're not here? And my initial way I dealt with it was Oh, we not, can't, David, you can't tell people what you did. It, it that was, was not bad. Con, it was not, con, would you let me finish? <laughs> <laughs> it was not constructive because I, I, sat there, I sat around and I moped and, you know, did I make the right decision kind of thing? And am I doing the right thing by my kids? And am I, am I a crappy dad? Which I mean, I, and I had, I had the ex giving me all the reasons why that she thought I was. So, you know, it, it was hard to figure that piece out. So the, the roles change in many different ways and then you get married and now you're back to, okay, now I'm a, now I'm a husband again. So that rolls back into play, but now I'm a stepdad. So what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's complicated, man. It's complicated. So give you give yourself some grace, and and give yourself a break. There's a lot to learn. Don't feel bad because it's not going like you thought it would. But there are resources out there to help. So don't beat yourself up, but certainly work to improve. That's right. All right. All right. Let's get to listening. Today, we have stepmom Clarissa. Clarissa, how are you? Good. So, Clarissa, tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? We've been together, my husband and I have been together for 10 years now. Congratulations. Thanks. Married for eight. Wow. Yeah. Time to celebrate. I know. We always say every day in the blend is a day to celebrate. Uh, No kidding, man. (laughs) So, how? How many stepkids, hours kids do you have? I have one stepson, who's obviously the oldest. And then I have two children with my husband, a daughter and a son. Okay. And how old are the kids? Stepkid is, he is 12. And then our kids together are our daughter's nine and our son is five. Okay. And how often do you have the stepkid? Now we have 
him. He lives here full time with us. And then um, we're pretty flexible with what happens on weekends. Mom wants every weekend except for one per month. So that's what we do. Okay. So you said that you have him full time now. When did that change (laughs) and what did it used to be? It actually started changing during COVID. There was a lot of kids going to online school. And at the time, my husband and uh, bio mom were, they had been talking for several years about the schooling situation with my stepson. And I think neither of them were really very happy about where it was at. And so mom didn't want to move straight from him living with her to him living with us. And she kind of wanted to have him online for a year and us do 50-50. So we agreed. We felt like that was reasonable. Um, so he did online school and went between houses. And towards the end of the school year, she got with us and said, I think it is working out. And I think that he should live with you guys full time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is she in another relationship and have other kids? Yes. Right around the time when she called us and told us that she felt like, you know, our suggestions were, were pretty good that we, that we were right on the money that he should probably come live with us. She was a few months pregnant. She had just announced her pregnancy with her boyfriend, which was going to be her only child other than my stepson at that time. And she now has another child with him. So they have two kids together. Wow. Do you think that influenced her to make that decision? I think so. I think that it was, you know, from her own mouth, she has said that a lot of the conflicts we had in the past were due to someone that she was in a relationship with at the time and who just really heavily pushed her to just be pretty high conflict. And the guy that she's with now is very easygoing and laid back and I think that just as much as we had our family, my husband and I, that we started our own family together, she deserves that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So let's talk about when you first started blending. You had no kids of your own at the time. (laughs) (laughs) You meet this handsome man and you fall in love and he has a kid. Yeah. And how did that go? Oh, man, it went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) I just basically, I did what every, you know, new, young, excited girlfriend to a guy who just got out of this, you know, supposedly awful relationship. And I'm sure it was, I wasn't there. I don't know. But, you know, I thought I could fix everything. And I thought that I could just, anything that he couldn't do, I could obviously help with. And anything that she wasn't doing, I could obviously do. I'm a woman. I'm just like a mom. I'll be here. Mm-hmm. And I was very wrong and her and several other people quickly put me in my place. And we were what you would call high conflict for about seven years. And what changed? Um, my perspective. <laughs> well, when you, when you were being the, we'll say stepmom saved the kid, mm-hmm. what was your husband saying? Because you said that she and other people were telling you kind of to back up. My husband was one of those people. And at the time I took it very personally, I felt like he was telling me that I didn't have what it took to be a good parent to his kid and that he would rather her parent the way she was parenting, which at the time, you know, we just 
didn't agree with. And I just didn't understand why he was telling me to back off. But, you know, eventually you get to a point where like you keep going and going and going and going and going and, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I kept getting the same result. I'd throw fuel on the fire and the fire would explode in my face. And I just eventually had to realize that maybe she's not high conflict because she's high conflict. Maybe she's high conflict because I'm high conflict. (gasps) Shooky, shooky. You did not just say that. Yeah, that was a problem for sure. Girl, (laughs) that wasn't easy to come to, was it? No. And this was like maybe four years ago. Um, And I, I had reached out to her several times and apologized and she basically spat in my face about it. And I don't know what happened one day. She had me blocked on everything. And I, I don't know how, but I found her on like some messaging app that she used and I took a chance and I was like, you know what? I'm going to apologize to her again, but I'm not going to tell her I apologize for doing this, but I was doing it because yada, 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 because I felt like you weren't doing da 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 And you should just be thankful that I love your son. <laughs> and you should just be thankful that he has someone who cares about him. And you should just be, and I just thought to myself, I'm just going to apologize. And that's it. Just no strings attached. And so I reached out and I'm totally not saying that other people should do this, but I reached out and I said, I did a lot of things wrong. And I remember one time you telling me that I really needed to learn my place and I've learned it and I'm not his mother and I never will be. And I am sorry for everything that I did in the past that ever caused conflict in your son's life. And that's it. And everything, it felt like just melted away after that. She just, I I guess she just needed reassurance that I was no longer trying to take her place. And that you knew where your role was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that I wasn't going to try to usurp hers. Yeah. And here's the thing is, I don't know that when I came in that I was trying to take somebody's place as much as I was trying to fill an empty role in the home. Uh, Yeah. But what I was doing was different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I was overstepping, you know, emailing teachers or (gasps) um, Clarissa. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And I was such a hag. Um, (laughs) I I honestly, now that I have, you know, I look back and I have kids of my own and I'm like, I would not have liked me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you realize this isn't working Mm -hmm. and you start not showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a counselor and at the time I didn't know what it was, but I had it. We, my husband and I went to marriage counseling because, you know, par for the course, step family and we were having problems. Mm -hmm. So we went to marriage counseling and our marriage counselor was like, why do you keep bringing these issues up? And I'm like, because if he's not doing it, then who will? And she was like, he won't because he doesn't care. And so you tell him one time and if he cares, he will do something. And if he does not, then you don't care either. And I was like, what, how, like, how can I possibly let their child suffer like this? And she was like, because you didn't break any of these things. And so you, you cannot fix them mm-hmm. and you need to stop. Right. And so I, I stopped, I started backing up and, and it helped, it was helpful for both of us. It helped me to, you know, just focus on myself, focus on my kids, my career, not have to worry about that constant stress. I stopped reading their communication, which was a huge one for me. And then I stopped 
you know, I didn't know what she said to him. I told my husband, don't tell me about it unless you happen to be working the day of pickup and you ask her if it's cool, if I can go pick him up instead and you need me to help you with something. Other than that, I don't want to know about it. And it worked out really well. And I know it wasn't easy for you to step back, especially since you had been so involved, we'll say, or trying to be involved for so long. Oh, yeah. But once you finally didn't take it personally and just stepped back, and like you said, focused on your marriage and focused on your kids, was it not such a relief? Yeah, it was a huge relief because it was like someone, you know, stuck their hand into my life and plucked out that one stress factor and -hmm. just tossed it away. And so I didn't have to worry about that stuff anymore. And whatever my husband was talking to her about that they had to worry about, he was not like, he was kind of keeping me safe from that in a way. Mm -hmm. And he appreciated it because he, you know, I hate to say it, but he he knew how to handle her. It wasn't for very long at all, but he was married to her. Right. I mean, it was like, I think their entire relationship, you know, meeting pregnancy, marriage and divorce, what all happened over the course of like a three year time span. It was very short, but he did know her better than me. And he, she just didn't feel threatened having discussions with him or discussing medical stuff or educational stuff or parenting stuff or behavioral stuff. She didn't feel threatened talking to him. And so it was easier for him to have those conversations with her. And I didn't have to have panic attacks and stomach aches and all the other things that were happening to me when I was trying to be little miss high conflict stepmom that was denying that I was high conflict. (laughs) Yeah. You were in denial. (laughs) Yeah. Really far down the river of denial. Well, you know, a lot of people will say, how do you not care? And I went through it because like grades and stuff, they're really important to me. And David's kids struggled in school. Now, granted, they were going to a private school, and so it was very difficult, but it bothered me. Mm -hmm. And it's not that David didn't care, but he just realized that wasn't their strength. Yeah. And so people would ask me, well, how do you not care? It's not that I stopped caring as much as I realized that my caring was futile. It was not getting me anywhere and it was only causing problems. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that the grades thing was actually our probably number one thing as well. Really? Yeah. He failed a couple of grades and there was a lot of back and forth. Some of that is what led us back into mediation a couple of times. And we just, you know, threw money at lawyers and we both, both parties regret it so much now. Yeah. What would you give as advice to someone that says, I don't know how not to care? When those thoughts pop in your head, what do you say to yourself or what do you do? I never stopped caring. I always cared. I mean, I think that if you're human, you're going to care. I never stopped caring. I just had to remind myself that it's not my job to address any of it. Mm -hmm. That's my husband's job. I didn't meet her and have a relationship with a baby with her. And ultimately when they look in the mirror one day as his mom and dad, they are going to have to account for what they did or did not do for him. And I am just a supplement to the life that he has. I'm not the main ingredient. I'm just extra. 
And if my husband and I were to get in an argument and divorce next week, I wouldn't be here. Right. And I never stopped caring, but it's just really important to remember that I had to let my husband handle that. And I could talk my husband's ear off about what I felt like should happen. But at the end of the day, I had to let him be the decision maker and executor of all of that. Would he get frustrated when you would talk to him about stuff? Yes. And that's where some of my stepmoms, like Emily, came in. My mm-hmm. stepmom friends, they were really crucial so that I didn't beat the dead horse. Yeah, he's already heard about it, but I'm super frustrated and I need to tell three more people before yeah. I'm not frustrated. <laughs> yeah, just three more people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just need some people to validate me and that they know what I feel. And I think having stepmom friends was really important. And that's like Emily's group, the unapologetic stepmom came in huge there for me because she really helped me to disengage. She was actually the one who helped me, suggested to me that I stop reading all of their communication. And that was a huge, 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 huge thing. Yes. Yeah. She's been on our podcast too. I haven't talked to her lately. I need to call her. I love her. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I know she takes a lot of heat for the nacho stuff in her group too. I still see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, people think that it means that you don't care, but it's like I said, it's not that you don't care. It's that you realize that your efforts are futile. And at the end of the day, you're not the boss. You're kind of the assistant manager. <laughs> right. You know, the parent, the parents are in charge and you can give your feedback, but then you need to take a seat and mm-hmm. they need to work out the issues or talk to the kid or make the decisions that they're going to make. And there were times that I told my husband, you know what, I don't agree with you, what you're doing for him educationally. And so from here on out, I'm not going to help you with pickups and drop-offs at school. Right. And I know a lot of people will say, that's mean of you. How dare you not take the kid to school? Mm -hmm. But what they don't understand is this stuff, when you're trying to nacho and you're trying to step back, you have to step back from those things. And you need to do that in order to heal. Right. I stepped back only from the things that were bringing me a lot of stress. So, right. So you were not showing me. Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't notch everything, you know, my husband would buy the kids overalls with no shirts for clothing if he did all the shopping. So (laughs) like I still bought, you know, their clothing, but when it came to school stuff, I'd be like, Hey, I saw on the computer that you got an email from the school and I just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't read it. I, you know, I wouldn't do any of that stuff. I'd, go pick up a prescription, but I wouldn't remind anyone to take it or use it or whatever it was because I didn't agree with what was happening as far as medical management of things. And so I told my husband my boundaries and initially he was very upset, but he has actually told me in hindsight that he was upset because it meant that he was going to have to do more. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And David has said this, they feel like they're plucking out the old wife Mm-hmm. and the old mom and putting in a new one, but they're not, mm-hmm. they're not putting in a new mom. They have to no. do those things, but we come yep. in and we take over and do those things. And then we say, wait a minute, this isn't working. Everybody's yeah. mad at me. Everybody hates me. You take over the responsibility for your kid. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. What are you doing to me? <laughs> yeah. How, how yeah. dare you make me parent my own child? <laughs> but it was, and that part of not showing was actually really beneficial for us because when when I initially, like very, very first started doing it, 
when Biomom would come back and say, um, well, I know that, you know, Clarissa said or did this, I wasn't a part of it. And really it forced them to face their issues head on because I was no longer a part of those things. I wasn't inserting myself. Right. And you were no longer the target of when things went bad. Right. Yep. People could no longer blame me. Right. Right. I remember we had one of my stepkids on here a couple of years ago. And one of the things that we talked about was once I started not showing, you know, he would go down to Mama's and she would say, so how are things with Lori or what has Lori done? You know, just trying to fuel that fire. And he mm-hmm. said he would go. Oh, in-laws. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said that he had to think for a minute. And he's like, I ain't got nothing to say. Because I had yeah. removed myself. He could not say anything bad about me unless he completely made it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think that that like that's such a big part of not showing. I think that people don't understand. It's not like you're grabbing a big, huge black crayon and drawing this whole divide in, in your family photo, right? Mm-hmm. You're disengaging in a way that you need to to decrease the conflict, which I don't care how you frame it, is going to be beneficial for the child. Yes. And that way you can re-engage in a healthier way. And now that my stepson lives with us, I've been able to do that. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. Because if you would not have stepped back and nachoed, you wouldn't have healed and you wouldn't have the kid now. Because bio mom would have been like, oh no, my child is not staying with that crazy woman. Yeah. She didn't trust me to not try and take over everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned something a minute ago about having Emily and other stepmoms to talk to, to feel validated. Mm -hmm. And we have to be very careful with that. And I know you know this, but I want to make sure our listeners do. You don't want stepmoms that validate you doing the wrong things. Oh, yeah. No. There, There were times in my journey where I would tell Emily things and she would say, I have to be honest with you. If you were my child's stepmom, I would be mad at you for that. Mm-hmm. And she, she did not sit there and, and, you know, BS me. She was honest and she told me, I can see why she's upset. And I had even friends who were not stepmoms who were honest with me and said, I think you might be wrong here. Right. And constructive criticism hurts, but growth hurts. Yes. But look how much you have changed. Mm-hmm. Do you not feel like on a maturity level, we're going to go there, y'all. We're going to go there. On a maturity <laughs> level, do you not feel like you went from a two to a 10? Yeah. And, you know, we were really young. Like I was 22 when I met my husband. So Wow. So you are still really young. <laughs> yeah. I met him when I was 22 and a couple months later I turned 23. So I'm 33. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, me and mom and dad are all within the same, we're four years from each other. And I feel like we grew up together. She did some really immature things and said some really immature things. And she knows it. And she said it and admitted it and apologized for it. And I did too. And so did my husband. Mm-hmm. We, I felt like a lot of the issues that we had was growing pains. We were immature and we were really young. Well, yeah, th- you've got that. But also society told you to go in and be mom. Oh, people encouraged it. Right. And you had all these pressures to do it, and you were only doing what you thought was right, and it didn't work. But like you said, they didn't know either. So you all had to figure this mess out. 
Right. I mean, they knew what you were doing was wrong, but they didn't know how to fix it. I know. And I had a lot of comments from people encouraging me to, you know, well, mom isn't doing that or dad's not doing that. Or your job is just to make sure that you do everything that each parent isn't doing. And, and then when it would blow up in my face, I was like, I don't understand. Everyone's telling me that I need to be, you know, super step mom. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. And everyone's mad at me for it. So I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in the majority of cases, that's not what is needed in the blend. No. Now, I know you also know other stepmom coaches that their lives are rainbows and unicorns and they get to play super stepmom. So wonderful for them. <laughs> well, that's rare. And I also challenge how authentic it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I am very real with, you know, I have told my stepson's mom that, that I run these groups. I've told her that that I have friends that I talk to and and I even told her that I was going to record this. She and I have developed a much better relationship since I nachoed and then was able to re-engage. And she saw once I was able to step back in, into his life in a healthier way, mm -hmm. she saw how beneficial it was for her son at that point. And so she and I have been able to ha have a better relationship through that. That's awesome. So bye, a mom, if you were listening to this, hey, how you doing? It's great that y'all have worked things out and that Clarissa yeah. learned to stay in her lane. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that, I mean, she and I are not best friends, but, you know, we can be cordial to each other and I can send her a funny TikTok from, you know, every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to be best friends, but it makes your life so much easier when you're not constantly fighting with people. Yeah. And I mean, still to this day, although, although my stepson lives with us and I might, you know, have the freer schedule to be able to take him to the doctor or go to his school for something, I still let my husband handle the heavy stuff. He does all the heavy lifting still. And so if there's a bill that he needs to talk to her about or new development educationally or medically, I always hand that information off to my husband because it's very easy for a stepmom to become a target. And I don't want that to be the case ever again. Right. And so I, I still, to a degree, nacho the bigger things, even though I'm what you would refer to as, I guess, a custodial stepmom, even though, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I'm not, I don't have custody, but. Yeah, my stepkids are older now. And, you know, I re-engaged with them years ago. But there's still things that I nacho. I mean, there's things that yeah. I will say to them that would be more of like a mentor would. Sure. And but then there's some things I'm like, uh, uh, I, I am not going not there. Not gonna go there. <laughs> Leave me out of that mess. Uh, you know. Mm -mm, yep. Nope. You just get to sit and sip your cup of tea and watch it unfold. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yep. So when you have kids and you brought them into the yep. blend. Do you feel like that you have to have two different personalities almost, stepmom and bio mom, to where you parent your kids, but you have to remember not to parent stepson? Um, for a time, it was like that. And I just had to explain to my kids, I'm not your brother's mom. And so his parents might allow him to do one thing or go to somewhere or 
X, Y, Z that you may not be allowed to do, or I might say no to. And I, I mean, I really, I put that on my husband. I don't, I don't really know why they're letting him do that and not you. So, you know, you can ask, you can ask your dad. Right. And I think my husband started to see his part in that too. And so, you know, the stepmoms are not the only ones that need to grow in a blended family. So, you know, a lot of times these men have a lot of growing to do with us. Yes. Does your husband have guilty parent syndrome? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. He comes from a two-parent household. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think probably feels guilty for being the divorced kid. (laughs) Yeah. So did you notice a difference with how, I mean, your kids are still a little young, but Mm -hmm. did you notice a difference in how he treated your kids together versus his son? Yes, he had way higher standards for our kids. Isn't that funny? I think because they have different parents. Mm-hmm. And he feels like maybe our kids have had more of an advantage because of some of the ways that we've raised them. And I think that because he wasn't able to be there full time when his son was younger, he feels like, well, I have to be, you know, I have to expect a little bit less in this regard because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times we'll see the stepmom say, he treats our kid differently. He's stricter on them. And they're mad because the husband is stricter on the hours kids, but they're mad because they want him to be stricter on the stepkids. Just be thankful he's stricter on your kids. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a hard one because you can't hold every kid to the same standard and Age really comes into play there as well. Amen. I mean, my husband might take his 12-year-old son golfing, but not our five-year-old. He's going to want to run all over the course. And, you know, <laughs> right. that's a sport where you got to be quiet when someone's teeing off. I mean, so that there's there's going to be different expectations. And my husband is an active father. I don't have to ask him to be a father. And at the end of the day, that's... I think that's why a lot of stepmoms end up being high conflict is because they're with men who they have to force to be fathers. Yes. And it's not necessarily they're bad guys, but just in their traditional family before they split up, that wasn't their Mm -hmm. role. Right. So they don't know what to do. Yeah. And, and my husband told me after I started not showing that um, he, he really enjoyed that he felt empowered as a father because he was able to stand up and say, I think this is what my son needs. Mm-hmm. And I see him not doing well here. And I want to intervene in that. And he felt like he had a voice. I was no longer taking his voice away from him. Yes, exactly. And the kids need to be parented by the bio parent. Yeah, that- absolutely. Because if I had continued doing what I did, he would have eventually wondered, why didn't my dad stick up for me? Why did my stepmom have to say everything? Right. Exactly. Yeah. There was a lady that posted on one of my things about different rules within the house. And she made the comment of, this is not healthy. And she went on this tangent and she said, you are asking for, how does she put it? The kids will be resentful, and this is not a healthy environment for anyone. How can you promote this? (laughs) And I'm thinking, 
Okay, let's take the blended family out of the picture. I had two Mm -hmm. sisters, one older and one younger. We were all raised in the same house, but differently because we're different people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had two older brothers, and one of them was allowed to go out to all hours in the morning, and my mom would take my phone away if I got home one minute past curfew. I mean, there's different expectations in nuclear families, too. Right. But for some reason, people think that you are damaging these children by having different rules in the home. And Jackson had different rules than the brothers. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if your kids say, well, how come stepbrother doesn't have to clean up his room? You just say, I'm not his mom and I'm your mm-hmm. mom and I choose how to parent you and you're going to do what I say. You hear me? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think kids, kids will really take a lot of our cues. You know, they take their cues from us. And if I'm freaking out over the kid having different roles, then the kids are going to freak out over mm-hmm. this you know, their half sibling having different rules, which I know it's like a big deal to even say half sibling. But I mean, I don't, I just don't make a big deal out of it. Right. And so my kids hardly ever even notice. They might notice, but it's not like ruining their life or, you know, they're not crumpling into a pile of tears every time. And my husband, you know, tries to be as fair as he can. Fair doesn't always mean equal. Yes, and that's another thing. Oh, my gosh, we can go around about that all day long, about fair doesn't always mean equal. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I joke saying you don't need to go buy little Johnny tampons because she bought some for little Susie. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) and if people can realize that kids are so different, then it's okay. And I like to look at it sometimes as, you know, I'm I'm big on you are two separate families. Mm-hmm. And you you're like this Venn diagram where you overlap. Right. And that doesn't mean you don't love your stepkid. It doesn't mean anything. It's just it's what it is. And mm-hmm. just say that you had a roommate that had kids. And they had yeah. different rules and consequences and expectations for their kids. It's the same thing. Right, but because you're a step-parent, you're put under a microscope and you're scrutinized a lot harder. Mm -hmm. The same things when my husband and I had our second child together, obviously finances were not still all allotted to our first child together. Those resources were divided. Mm -hmm. But, you know, dare a father do that when he has a child with his second wife and not still contribute 100% to his first child. Because how dare you take, well, that happens in a nuclear family. You know, this would have happened either way. Right. But because it's a blended family, because it's a step family, it's scrutinized a million times more harshly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that's it. The same thing with talking about the different rules and things. Everybody's trying to force this one big happy family. And that's why there's a 72% failure rate. Oh, yeah. No, that's why we went to marriage counseling. (laughs) Yes. And marriage counseling, there is nothing wrong with going. Just make sure that you find somebody that works well with you and has the same belief systems as you do. And just it's funny because we know a lot of people, they'll say they went to a marriage counselor and they'll say, but they didn't agree with me. So I want to go to another one. Yeah. 
no, that's that's not how it works. My husband actually really liked our marriage counselor because she disagreed with both of us and called us both out on our on our crap. <laughs> right, and that's what you need. Yeah. Because everybody's at fault. Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, I, I come from divorced parents, so I think our relationship is, you know, it's probably not as unique as I think it is, but, you know, he's been divorced and I come from divorced parents. And so for us, maintaining our marriage as number one priority in our home is super important to us because without our marriage being intact and healthy and nurtured, our children no longer have a family. And that's something that I know firsthand being the child of it and something that he knows firsthand being the parent who broke that family unit for his son. Right. So how old were you when your parents split up? Four and 12 because they divorced each other twice. Extra trauma. What? Yeah. Okay. So your parents got divorced when you were four. Remarried when I was eight and divorced again when I was like 12. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. How are they doing now? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, mom, if you're listening while you're dirty laundry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay, mom. We won't say your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um, they did not speak after they separated, um, and then they didn't see each other again until my 30th birthday party. So, like 17, 18 years, they didn't see or speak to each other, and then that was it. They just saw each other there, and that was it. But they do not communicate. It was a very, very ugly divorce. The second time? Yeah, the second time around, they were both like, okay, this is it. I don't I really don't like you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't have a relationship with my dad. Oh, you don't? No. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's for the best. (laughs) Sometimes it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and And my mom was always, always supported me having a relationship with my dad. That's good, because that's what I was going to ask you. If it was because your mom kind of tried to pull you away from him, or no, was it just because you didn't care for him, who he was as a person? No, I maintained a relationship with him into my early 30s, but eventually, I love all the things that people have been able to talk about recently in society about, you know, breaking the kind of that trend of trauma in families. And just because someone is related to you doesn't mean that you owe them a place in your life. Right. And so my dad is a, is just a toxic person for me and I don't owe him anything except thanks for bringing me into the world. And <laughs> thanks for having sex with my mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel bad talking about my mom because she passed away seven years ago. And, but she was toxic for me. I would call her and she was just wasn't a happy person. And for instance, I would say, hey, what are you doing? Get ready to take a shower. I got to blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, go off on this rant. <laughs> and I'm thinking, be glad you got water to wash your butt, you know? <laughs> but she, yeah. I, even after she died, I found things that she had written about me. And one of them was Lori finally called today. She didn't ask about me. She asked about the grandkids, which she was raising (laughs) my sister's kids. And it's like, no matter what I did, even from a little child, 
she and I just did not get along. There was not, I know she loved me as much as she could love a child she hated, but (laughs) we just didn't have that bond that she had with my sisters. Yeah. Or the scapegoat child. Yeah. And maybe that's what I was. I think I loved my daddy so much that she despised that. And I've actually had people tell me that the reason we probably didn't get along is because we were so much alike, (laughs) which I can see a a lot of it because she was very driven and wanted to be independent and all that stuff. So I can see some of those things, but I honestly think that some of it is because my other sisters, let's see, how do I say this? (laughs) My other sisters didn't work. They didn't make something out of their life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think so she got to kind of be a bigger person. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like she held that against me. Mm-hmm. I, I joke about how I must've came out going, I love my ditty. I love my ditty, but that's how <laughs> it was. But I, it took me a while to realize that that relationship was toxic. Cause she would call me. And I would talk to her for, you know, at work. I'd talk to her maybe 20 minutes or so. And I'd say, okay, well, I've got to go. And she would say, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. (laughs) And I'm like, what the crap? You didn't bother me. I've talked to you for 20 minutes, but I am at work. I need to go. It's just stuff like that. It's just always make you feel, you didn't feel good when you hung up the phone. Yeah. my, My dad was really toxic. I probably, I work like 10 minutes away from where he lives now and I don't even think he knows it, but yeah, I I think he's got, I I hate, one of the things that I absolutely detest is that you see a lot in step-parent groups, oh, this person's a narcissist, oh, this person's a narcissist, (laughs) this person's a narcissist. Okay, just because she didn't switch weekends with you because you guys are going to the pumpkin patch last minute and she has family photos spent, like, they're not a freaking narcissist because of that. That's like a clinical diagnosis mm-hmm. that people go to doctors for. It's the same thing as saying, oh, she's, you know, bio mom is this. She has anxiety. She has anxiety. I mean, it's the same thing. It's a mental, these are mental illnesses. And they throw them around like glitter. And yes. but my, I'm a nurse and my dad, I remember learning about in psychology and nursing school. My dad was the textbook narcissist. and um, it was really hard to maintain a relationship with him. And so eventually I just stopped trying. Mm -hmm. There's times that I will see people say that too, in the Facebook groups about she's a narcissist. Like you said, they throw it around like glitter, but I know when you deal with somebody that is a narcissist, you know, yeah, Yeah. there is no doubt because every action they take, just displays that narcissism. Yeah. The, uh, and, and people, they don't understand like that is, that is something that you go see a psychiatrist or a, a doctor who specializes in psychiatric medicine mm-hmm. who diagnoses these things. No, because your ex had a horrible relationship with her, your husband had a horrible relationship with his ex doesn't make her a narcissist. Even if she cheated on him, that doesn't mean she's a narcissist. No, no. And honestly, in about 10 years, you're probably going to see some things that annoy you that annoyed her in their marriage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I tell my husband all the time, I'm so glad that I didn't meet you 
when you met her because I can tell you I would not have liked you. <laughs> I didn't like who he was. He's told me about who he was when he was with her and I would not have liked him either. Yeah. He had to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And his three-year span with her forced him to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank goodness. He was he was ready for me. Yeah. <laughs> thank thank goodness. Or you wouldn't be here right yeah. now. Yeah. And I and I used to tell him, you know, oh, I wish I'd met you first. But now I look back and I'm like, mm, no, I don't think so because you were a child. <laughs> oh, girl, same thing. Not that David was yeah. a child, but we were just way two different people. Yeah. Yeah. I was a wild child and he was a cop. <laughs> so, yeah. If we would have met sooner, it'd have probably been in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told him, I said, I'm surprised I never ran into you. <laughs> That's so bad. Thank God I never did go to jail. Knock on wood. I don't yeah. want to go. I do not look good in orange. <laughs> it's not your color. Mm-mm. It's not your color. Orange is not your color. Yeah, it's not your color. <laughs> oh, that's great. But you do have to remember, and it's hard when you're wrapped up in all this stress and hate and everything, that just because bio mom doesn't cater to things doesn't mean she's a bad person. It's, no. it's easy to look at her through that lens of hatred or whatever and say, oh, my God, all we wanted to do was switch weekends and she won't. Well, maybe she had plans. Yeah. But yeah. I also, I am a proponent of you live by that court order. We, yeah, that helped us a ton. You don't ask for favors. That way you don't get turned down and nothing's expected. Right. So that helped us a bunch. We started to adhere very strictly to the court order. We stopped asking for extra time, you know, or if we asked for it, it was with the expectation that it wasn't our weekend. And so likely the answer was going to be no. And if it was yes, then great. And if it wasn't, then also great. Mm -hmm. And we were not going to be toxic and hype up the stepkid about, Oh, well, we're going to ask your mom about this birthday party and see if you can come because that's, manipulative right that's putting the kid in the middle absolutely it is and we just focused on the time that we had set out for us in the court order and we just went by that right I remember Jackson had a birthday party and it was a weekend he was supposed to be with his dad and Jackson knew when the kid invited him at school to the birthday party he's like that's the weekend I'm with my dad yeah and so he came home and he said I really want to go to this, but it's the weekend I'm with my dad. And he knew his dad wasn't one for toting him everywhere. And I said, well, if you want to, you can ask your dad if you can go. And I'll drive to his house to the bottom of the driveway because I'm not allowed in the driveway. And pick you up and take you and then bring you back. And that's what he did. That way he didn't have to put his dad out. And thankfully, his dad let him go because there was a time his dad would have said no because that was his time. Yeah. We talk about this a lot, too, that it's not, I mean, I get that it's, quote, quote, the parent's time, but it's the child's time, too. They shouldn't miss out on certain activities just because they're at the other parent's house that weekend. Yeah. And I I think for us, becoming the primary household has given us a lot of perspective. On things like that, like I remember before 
when my husband was the first, third, and fifth weekend because you know we live in Texas and we're still in the Middle Ages as far as family courts go. Uh, <sighs> but we used to think, oh my gosh, well why can't we just have every single weekend? But now that we're the primary household, we're like, that's wild. I mean, there's things that he wants to do over here with his friends and. It would be like he has just school over here and then he gets to have all his free time and anything that's fun and anything that's enjoyable is always with mom and we're just the evil household that makes you go to school and do homework. Right. But like and, you said, his friends are going to be where he lives mainly. Right. And and none like I had never thought of that perspective until he came to live with us and we were the primary household. And I thought, man, that would not have ever worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jackson's got several friends around here that their parents are split up and all of them have the same weekend here except for one. And they were all talking about trying to get all of us to switch weekends so that one kid could participate. (laughs) And I said, it would make much more sense to ask that kid to switch weekends. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to do it. I was not going to do it. I learned in the very beginning that I was not going to ask for anything. No. In some situations, it just gives the other parents something to hold against you later. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And David and I always talked about how if there was a concert that we wanted to go to and we had our kids, we just didn't go. Yeah. It it wasn't even up for discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I mean, once they got a little bit older, we could have gotten a babysitter. But, girl, you imagine how much it would cost to get a babysitter for five kids. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, we have three and life is expensive enough. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone that is dating a man that has kids and they're talking about getting married or moving in together? What advice would you give that sweet young lady? Oh, me 10 years ago? (laughs) (laughs) I, I wish that someone had told me dating this man, marrying this man does not make you a mother. It does not make you a mother. It it would not matter if my stepson's mom died yesterday. I still would not be his mother. Right. And I never will be his mother. And there's nothing wrong with me being his stepmom. I can still love him and be there for him and show up at his band concert and take him to go watch his favorite movies and also be his stepmom. Mm-hmm. And and that role is, I think people think that it's a dirty word, but I actually think it's really fun that I've been able to define my relationship with him differently. I don't have expectations on it and I don't have, I don't know, like there's so much more freedom in me now knowing and realizing that I don't have to try to be a parent because he already has too. Right. And the not having expectations is so important. Yeah. Yep. And I don't have to like how his mom parents him. And I don't always like how his mom parents him. Just like I'm sure she might not always like how my husband does things, Mm -hmm. but she's still his mom. Right. Exactly. And I'm sure there's things that your husband does that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think to, I won't tell her, but I'll I'll look at him and say, 
I take her side in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she's listening to this, Clarissa, she knows now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and she's going to tell your husband, I bet Clarissa I'm would sure take my side. I'm sure she gets the vibe. Yes. I'm sure she gets the vibe from me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not stupid, number one. And number two, um, yeah. I n- know you well enough to know that what you're thinking may not come out your mouth, but it's all over your face. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's why I let my husband do all the communication because I'm really bad at, I'm just very point blank mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So if I'm having a bad day and I just don't want her to think that I'm like upset with her, I'll just go use the bathroom when she picks him up or something because I'm like, there's there's no reason for her to see me and I'm in a bad mood and it's going to be all over my face. And then she's going to think that it's her. I'm just going to go pee while she comes to pick him up or something because my face doesn't hide anything. Right. And that way there's, you know, no chance for misunderstanding. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this and then we'll wrap up. Have y'all planned how you're going to do Christmas? How close does she live to you? She lives about 45 minutes away. So we live in the suburbs of Houston and um, she lives more inner city. Okay. And her family always does something huge on Christmas Eve. And so, and our family really doesn't do anything that day. And so we have, you know, worked things out to where we each have our time that we feel like is important that we always have something planned with our families every year. And she gets that time and we get our time and she doesn't really give a crap about Thanksgiving. So we'll have him those times and she likes to do trick or treating. So and we have our other two kids, so we're fine if she takes them trick or treating. So right. we're flexible with that kind of stuff. It's, he's not going to end up in a therapist's office because we let him go to his mom's to trick or treat right every year. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be fine. Yes, yes. And so, and there have been some years where my in-laws have multiple in-laws, sister, brother, mother, father, all types of in-laws have been upset that we don't have him and. Sorry, you know, Charlie. That's a whole different. Yeah, that's a whole different story for a whole another podcast. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you said something about being flexible, and that is something that being in a blend will teach you how to be. Oh yeah, you have to be. Yeah, because if you're rigid in a blended family, you're gonna break. Yes, I know. With us and Christmas, especially with the holidays coming up, when we had the kids, there would be times that we wouldn't have them all Christmas morning. So we had Christmas a week before. We've had Christmas a week after because I still wanted to have that Christmas Eve tradition and that Christmas morning tradition, but I didn't want Jackson to wake up and play with quote, quote, Santa and then he'll have to go to his dad's for a week. Yeah. So we would move it a week ahead. That way he would play with his toys for a whole week before he had to go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the things that's nice now that nachoing and me re-engaging in a healthier way has brought us all into a healthier relationship. One of the things that's nice is that at Christmas time, we're actually able to be like, hey, we were thinking of getting him this. Was that on your list of things to get him? And so he's not getting, you know, he's not opening something at our house on Christmas Day and saying, oh, cool. My mom got this for me yesterday and I opened it at her house. Yes. like blowing our thunder out you know yes yes that's great I'm so proud of how far you've come yeah oh yeah it's been a long journey yep 
And I will say, because I did not say this earlier, when I apologized to her, I did it with no expectation of her needing to apologize to me. Should she have apologized to me? And I mean, did she eventually after a couple of years? Yes. But did I do it with an expectation that if I apologized to her for all of my missteps and wrongdoings, that she also needed to apologize? No. I took every expectation away. Right. That was probably the biggest thing that I did. Right. And, and you, it, you did it, it for you. I ate such a huge plate of crow that day. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt so bad. It hurt to do it, but didn't it feel good after you did? Because you're thinking, okay, I got that off my plate. I ate that yes, crow, all, my plate's empty. <laughs> I know. And all my stepmom friends were like, oh my God, you're crazy. It's going to blow up in your face. It's so, it's going to be so bad. And and thank God it, it didn't happen that way. Yes. Very good. Because it could have. We know it could have. Yeah. 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 We're getting to experience the grandkids now. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, yeah, that's the, that's the stage that I'm scared for. <laughs> well, it's funny because one of David's family members said, Kay and Avery will have two birthday parties for the kid, right? No. <laughs> no. Why should they? No. Yeah. But they're so used to things being divided like that. And, you know, I'm fine being in the same room with her. I can be, like you said, cordial. Maybe not as cordial as you are with Bio Mom because I would never send her a meme or anything. But I can be decent. I can treat her with at least the kindness I would a stranger. Mm -hmm. And that's as far as I'll go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, I mean... That, that's how we started out after my apology happened that, you know, that's what we progressed towards. We were, instead of her being in the street to pick up, like you did with, you know, your ex, she might park in the street, but get out and stand on the sidewalk and wave at me at the front door. Mm-hmm. And then maybe next week she'd get out and stand on the sidewalk and I'd walk out to the front gate and maybe say, Oh, he's, so excited for this party that you're going to right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so it was little, little steps. I mean, even though she and I started talking cordially after that, I think it was probably several months before she unblocked my phone number and would text me or, and then several months, maybe a year after that, before she sent me a, a Facebook friend request and she texted me beforehand and said, would it be appropriate? Would it be okay if I friended you on Facebook? And then maybe a year after that, before she felt comfortable enough to friend my husband on Facebook. And I mean, it, it was slow. Mm -hmm. It was a slow progression. Did it bother you when she friended him on Facebook? No, I found it kind of funny. I didn't notice for a while that she wasn't his friend on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Really? But Yeah. But one thing that you said just now, too, that's such a good thing to remember is it was baby steps with you rebuilding that relationship with her, just like it's baby steps with us rebuilding the relationship with these stepkids. And I think if we came in taking those baby steps, things would have been so much easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I had to disengage from a kid who I allowed to call me mom and was trying to show up at school stuff and email teachers and be doing this and be doing that and and then completely step back to now we're at a point where 
yeah, I might take him to all his doctor stuff and school stuff and talk to his teachers and remind him about his chores and give him allowance and all of this stuff. But he doesn't call me mom anymore, but I do more for him. I'm more involved now. I'm more in a parent role and I'm not being called mom. And 10 years ago, I was letting this three-year-old call me mom Mm -hmm. and doing, you know, it was just so different. Did you think anything about him calling you mom? Like, oh, it's no big deal. But then when you had kids, you're thinking, oh, heck no, nobody else's, my kids aren't going to call anybody else mom. He started calling me mom. And of course, everyone, you know, all the expectations and everyone, everyone was like, oh my gosh, that means so much. It means that he loves you. It means that he considers you a parent. Well, no, a three-year-old will call a nanny mom. Mm -hmm. And then eventually when I had my daughter, I was like, you know, you don't, you know, it's not like you have to call me mom. Like if, if you're more comfortable referring to me as that here, that's fine. But, you know, for your mom's sake, we probably shouldn't refer to me as that when you're with her. Mm-hmm. And that's when that started. And then eventually I progressed to, you only have one mom. And so if you're not actually comfortable calling me that, then don't, and you're not going to get in trouble either way. And sometimes he will slip and just be like, Hey mom, uh, well, uh, Clarissa. Yeah. And I just don't make a big deal out of it. I don't expect him to call me mom. I'm not his mom. Right. Exactly. Again, it's reality. Yeah. Yeah. I may be the person that his school calls when he's sick or did something stupid in class, but I'm still not his mom. <laughs> so they call you instead of mom or dad? Yeah. Just because he lives with us and she's 45 minutes away. So. Yeah. It makes more sense. Yeah. 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 And thankfully she's okay with that now. Yes, I I think that she wanted the opportunity for, she's okay with me being essentially in charge of these things. She knows that I manage his pediatrician's appointments and medication and that I go get his prescriptions and that I take him to the dermatologist and Mm -hmm. that I take him, you know, I take him to all of this stuff and we take him to band concerts. She knows that I do all of that stuff now and she's okay with it because Mm -hmm. she knows that. I don't walk around telling everybody, well, I'm his mom and that, you know, that I'm not trying to portray myself as someone I'm not. Right. And even when we have had, you know, birthday parties for him at our house and his friends from around here will show up, I'll say, this is, you know, his mom. And and they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm his stepmom. This is his mom. Yeah. I don't ever try to usurp her role, be something that I'm not. Right. Yep. Well, thank you again for being a guest. It has been great talking to you. Thank you for having me. And I do love seeing your comments to people in Emily's Facebook group because you just crack me up. (laughs) I know. I'm spicy. Yeah, you're spicy. But you've you've calmed down a little (laughs) bit, Missy. I know. Well, that's because I have a full-time job now and I don't have enough. I don't have as much time to be spicy, so... (laughs) Yeah, well, that, and since you're not so stressed out with the other crap that's going on, it might have tamed your spiciness. Yeah, I, I honestly, it's funny because now that I have, you know, nachoed and been able to be involved in a healthier way, I feel like I don't need a lot of the support that so many stepmoms still need from these Facebook groups that we're in because I've already grown through all of that. And now I'm in a place where I can look back and be like, yeah, I was there. That sucked. Yes. (laughs) But you can help people, which is what you're doing. Yeah. 
Yep. All right. Well, thank you again. And we'd love to have you back on at some point. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. All right. I like how Clarissa and I talk about how hard it is to not quote, quote, care. And it's not that you end up not caring about the stepkids. It's just you realize that you're wasting your time and energy when you try to care more than the bio parent. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we see that a lot. And sometimes it's just because there's a mixed match of expectations. You know, we talk all the time about how somebody's parenting different than you doesn't make it wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you're a step parent and you're trying to make up for what you feel like is improper parenting, then it's going to be, it's going to be hard for you. Right. And she also mentioned how her husband really pushed her to Nacho. And now mm -hmm. that Nacho helped them, she's reengaged in a healthier way with her relationship with him and her relationship with Biomom. And they all get along very well. Huh. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, good job for him doing that. And good job for her for doing it. Oh, yeah. Good job to everybody. Yeah, everybody good job. Pat, pat, good pat job. yourself on the back. Yeah, pat, yourself. pat yourself on the back. People, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> All right, David. So what we got going on? Let's see. We'll see. Uh, not a lot going on right now. It's the end of the year. We're trying to wrap up some things. And I don't know when Hanukkah starts, but happy Hanukkah, people. To the Hanukkah people. To the Hanukkah people. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy. Uh, there, I'm sure there's other things this time of year. Yep. And Merry Christmas. Yep. All kind of stuff. All right, David, what else you got to tell our lovely listeners? That's it. Just stay tuned for some cool stuff coming out in 2023 because we don't even know what it is yet. But we have <laughs> a lot of things planned. We just got to figure out which ones we're going to chase. We do have two of my stepkids here this week, so maybe if we have time, we can do a short little video with them. Yeah. We're going to try to do family pictures for the first time in, what, five years? If not longer, yeah. Seven? I don't know, man. It's been a long time because we've not had the ability to have everybody together. But now, if all the planets align, we'll be able to do that. Mm -hmm. while while they're here. So we'll see. Um, fingers crossed. I'm hoping that's something that happens. And we'll have girlfriends and grandbabies. Yep. So we'll see. We might be able to do a, an updated Nacho Kids picture. <laughs> oh, that would be good. <laughs> we should like, you know, try to do a reenactment. You know how you see people that do pictures from. I like, thought about that on the train tracks <laughs> is what I was thinking. Cause I really like our train track picture. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Stuff like that's hard to do. My sister keeps trying to get me to do that. But I told her, I said, we'll find the pictures and we'll see what we can do. Well, are you going to spank your booty to make the kids laugh again? <laughs> if that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> There's this one picture, y'all. And you can tell it's on our website. And the kids are just laughing. that Like, they are laughing, laughing. And I think Avery even has his head cocked back. He's laughing so hard. And it's because David was spanking his own booty, jumping around. Yeah, behind a photographer. Yeah. And then I did it, and they all just looked somber. Yeah, really? She's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, okay. So, all right. There you go. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Join us again next week. And remember, life is good. When you nacho. Wah, 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 wah. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.